0: Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.
1: Hey, thank you very much. It is 7:05 on this Tuesday morning, 14th day of November 2023. I'm John Reed and glad you're with us here on News Radio, WRVA. I'm Very rarely will I say this. I'm a little anxious about today. Not necessarily here in Richmond, although I've got to be honest with you. I'm surprised that there's been so much turmoil down near the VCU area, pro-Palestinian marches. Uh, You know, when it first, when when that whole phenomenon happened, and with VCU's connection to Doha, you know, they've got a school over there in Doha, that... uh, Remember, I lived in the Middle East. So I have to tell you, I was shocked that you could be having a normal, decent, very intelligent conversation in English. I don't speak Arabic, so I was stuck speaking English with people over in the Middle East. And man, if Israel came up, it would go off the rails. So I learned quickly. My job over here is to do business. It's not I, – i I'm not here – I'm not an Israeli lobbyist. I'm not here to get into this conversation with everybody. And there were several times where I thought, oh, I've really made a friend. Or, you know, this is somebody that I've talked to a lot, so they're they're normal. They're not going to freak out. Oh, I was wrong. I mean, I can remember one dinner in Kuwait City where – Somehow Israel came up and I don't even know what I said, but I said something that just sent them through the roof. The end of the dinner ended. They left no more interaction with that person. It was really shocking to me that, you know, I mean, unless you've lived over there uh, and you've interacted with regular people, I mean, you know, if you're the United Nations, perhaps people have a little more. uh, They're a little more reserved. They're a little more diplomatic. But in the region. It's kind of stunning. It was surprising to me. I I have to admit I was ignorant before I went over and experienced it on that personal level. So all that is to say I was surprised, even with the Doha connection with VCU, that there were so many people who, after the slaughter of innocents, would come out and march through the streets of Richmond. That was uh, disturbing to me. And concerning that these are my neighbors in some way? I don't feel good about that. And it wasn't a nuanced conversation. It wasn't like, okay, you need to understand the history of the region. Oh, no, it was pretty hostile from what I witnessed, and it continues today. Now, uh, as, as we told you about yesterday, we had Dr. Ken Lipstock on. He's organized a number of Jewish synagogues and supporters of Israel who are going to uh, Washington for the – march on the mall today. I don't know how big that's going to be. I, I honestly I think it's going to be hard to top the 300,000 plus who appeared to show up for the March for Palestine, which also was kind of breathtaking. Like, wow, how in the world did they get 300,000 supporters after slaughtering all these innocent people? You're really going to go march in D.C. and you get 300,000 people to do that? That is, And then they attacked the White House once the sun went down. So I We got problems here. Uh, You know, all of us who've been called xenophobes for being worried about the immigration policies, maybe you now understand a little bit. I'm afraid you're going to learn more about why we have been so concerned. But I am prayerful that there won't be a problem in D.C. today. But I'm worried about it, to be honest with you. And I think that March starts at 1. Maybe they keep the March safe, but, you know, everybody's got to go from the cars to – to the mall and from the mall back to the cars. So, um, you know, stay with us here on WRVA. I'm hopeful that there's no news. And tomorrow you can laugh at me and say, oh, you're hyper freak show, John. You just freak out about everything. You're trying to alarm people. I, you know, if you say that to me tomorrow, that'll be good news. Um, But I'm kind of concerned. Now, back here at home, we're still looking at the numbers from this casino. The second casino ballot. And man, I think well, this is just crushing. 39,768 votes against the casino here in Richmond. That's 61.62% of the vote. And the yes vote was only 24,765, 38.38% of the vote. So with what 10 million dollars having been spent to tell you that this was a great deal, and it was, you know, you didn't have to worry about people like me in the suburbs voting on it. I didn't get a vote. It was just Richmond voters. Paul Goldman has lived in Richmond for decades. He is one of the power brokers there behind the scenes with a lot of Democrat candidates. And Paul is back with us this morning. So what you, would what'd you make of this, Paul, this, this crushing defeat?
0: Well, I came on the show, what, a couple of weeks ago? and yep. uh, mm-hmm. right before. I laid, laid out my strategy to defeat the casino. And um, what's that, you know what's that show? The A team, don't you love it when a plan comes together? Yeah. Whatever yeah. that line was. And that's just basically uh, what happened. You know, um, we didn't have much money. They had, they've now admitted to spending at least 13. I, I believe wow. it would be 15, 16 million before, before it's over. You'll probably never know just how much it is. We had a couple hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, two years ago, we beat it too using basically um, social media. Uh, they spent about, you know, $3 million last time, so they spent $10 million more this time. But we used uh, basically the same strategy, social media, uh, pinpointing and making our points, laying the groundwork. And, of course, uh, what we had said, John, from the beginning was even if you wanted a casino, you didn't want these people running it. Mm. Churchill Downs, bad news. Arthur Ashe said bad news. Urban One. You know, facing delisting, what are their finances? A no-bid contract, Mayor Stony's pals, uh, and at the end of the campaign, you know, what did they do? They proved our point by calling everybody they didn't like by a nasty name.
1: Yeah, that was a big. I don't. That, surely that wasn't calculated. That was a big, <laughs> big uh, slip-up, if you want to use that term. I don't. That's, that's a little mild for it.
0: Don't be so sure. You know, we laid some groundwork. Did I know they'd call me, you know, everything but a child of God and all that? No, but I knew they put somebody on the air who mm-hmm. didn't like me. Mm-hmm. I knew, I now know not, they were sort of sneaking around trying to find stuff on people. And so, uh, and, and Kathy Hughes, who owns Urban One, that's her, that's her style. Yeah. She's in your face. And, uh, you know, she said that for years. You know, if I don't like you, watch out. I think that was the quote in the Washington Post. The only reason you had this crew in there was that Mayor Stoney, mm. the only person who thinks, I lose 62 to 38, and that means I'll be a good candidate for, for governor. governor? <laughs> Come on, man. And, and, uh, but let me do this. Let me tell you what I did yesterday, because this is what it's all about. Okay. Yesterday I put in a charter change. You can do that by referendum in in, in uh, Richmond. I, that's how Doug Wilder and I got some things changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get the people to vote. Therefore, you don't have to allow uh, you go over the head of the mayor, over the head of the city council. So I've said, look, we now have a historic sixty-two percent majority. One seven districts. We don't have to go along with the politics the way it was, the same old Stony, same old Mayor Jones, all that stuff that has basically just used the city for their own purposes. So I want the city, this is part of my charter change, I want Richmond to dedicate itself to becoming the best locality in America to raise a child. Mm-hmm. I think we put the kids first. You know, what did, what did the other side say about us? You know, when, when, when uh, we pushed for the elected mayor to give people the right to vote, I was accused of having a plan to take away black voting rights and elect the white mayor. Now, <laughs> <Right. laughs> kind of hard to believe. Same people mm-hmm. were behind the casino. They don't change. They like to play the race card whenever they can. Usually it backs people off. But finally, people joined with me and said, Look, we don't have to put up with this no more. So now that we won, let's take that 62%, you know, but bygones be bygones to the expense you can. Right. And let's now turn this city, reorganize it, and put the kids first.
1: And how now does that happen? When- uh, I'm, and I, I get. There was money supposedly going to be funneled from the casino to child care programs, which honestly I thought was ridiculous. I, I I don't buy into that kind of social program. Maybe you do, but but tell me what this does.
0: Well, first of all, as I said, city, you know, their idea was the way to help the kids rip off the parents. Mm. I mean, get serious. This is student government down there. Mm -hmm. This is student government. The mayor has spent his whole term fighting for a project that 62% of the people don't want. And the other 38%, maybe they want it because they saw $10 million worth of advertising. You reorganize the government. You go in and say, look, we're going to, what they call zero-based budgeting. You reorganize it. We're going to dedicate everything we do to help these kids. The education system is failing. The health care system is failing. The child care system is failing. But you don't got to raise taxes to do it. Richmond has twice as much money than when Doug Wilder and I were there. Yeah, you, you can't imagine how much money they have.
1: So who, who comes in correctly. to run the city? Who would you have confidence in to run the city when Mayor Stoney is no longer in leadership? Michael Jones is headed to the House of Delegates, which I think is... Highly questionable, given his role on city council. I mean, he's he's in your face. He'll tell you exactly what he thinks. At least I admire that. Um, I, I disagree with him. But who is the leader who can make uh, get us out of this uh, rut that has developed in Richmond? Do you have you identified that a person? People,
0: a lot of people that could, and that's why we haven't elected mayor. That's mm-hmm. why we did that. It's up to the people to find somebody. Previously, they used to just the only person to lead the city. Had to come on city council, which is a gong show. I mean, that's what I I guess I'm dating myself, but it's a gong (laughs) show down there. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So come on. I get what you're saying.
1: I know exactly what you mean by that. That's the well,
0: (laughs) and that's why you have, you know, uh, a process. I think there's a lot of people. But, for instance, this is my problem with, say, Stanberger. Listoni is not a serious candidate. He's actually going to run for lieutenant governor. That's his plan, in my opinion. As you know, I run a few of these things, so I kind of can see the strategy. You think he's
1: going to raise Spanberger. money to run for governor and then drop back and run for lieutenant yeah, I, governor? Yeah, Just...
0: yeah, you heard it first. Yeah. That's his plan. He's huh. going to try to convince Spanberger to join a ticket. See, the way you do it is he gets Terry and all these guys, and he gets out there, and he pretends he wants to run for governor, and he raises all this money. Right. And then magnanimously he's going to say, well, you know, I'll drop down to LG, we'll all get behind Abigail, and that way no one will have to fight. It's not—it's not, it's a good strategy, if, unless people are fools. But here's my problem with Spanberger. Here's my problem with Spanberger, yeah. here's my problem with Spanberger okay. okay? I don't know. But look, I've done this a couple of times. You don't you have an election and this is what I'm trying to say. We had an election. I'm not using the election. Sixty two percent people are asking me to do all kinds of things. What do I do? I take the victory and try to help the kids. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about what you want to do. What does Spanberger and Stoney do? They look at the election and initially, hey, this helps my
1: ambition. Nobody declares for governor two years before it's weird you don't do, you think i i it, mean am it, i remembering this wrong usually it happens at the end of 2024 or the you know, like december or january of the actual election year with the primary even, or the convention even,
0: even later than that you huh. what happened in virginia is no matter what you want to do you focus on the presidential election and right. the congressional election in 2024 right. if you're a Democrat. I would say to Spanberg, what's more important? You running for governor or defeating Donald Trump if he gets the nomination?
1: Oh, and you know that, that your Democrat friends are going to say it's defeating Donald Trump and not letting Republicans pick up congressional seats. Hey, okay, okay, Paul, yeah, and, i got to run. They're, they're, yeah, they're screaming at me about the time. I'm so sorry. But I'm always appreciative of the chance to talk to you. Let's pick it up again next week. Do you mind? No, great. All right, Take Paul care. Goldman, thank you. 719, right. back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA.